Right, more dropped points in the league for Celtic. 11 points we are now behind our rivals. Another draw, this time at Hibernian. So many more questions to answer. I feel like I've done this podcast loads of times before. I'm Hamish Carton. He is John McGinley. Hello, John. Hello, Hamish. How are you doing? I've been better. I've been better. But yeah. I think we're we're going to have a bit of, hopefully have a bit of fun with this podcast. Um, or, or do our best to. There's a lot happening at Celtic at the moment. If you're a loyal listener, I shouldn't use the word loyal, if you're a faithful <laughs> listener Careful. of the Grand Old Podcast, or if, you, or if you happen to be a first-time listener, um, sit back, grab a cup of tea, go out for a walk, whatever you want to do with your podcast, because this could be an interesting show. Um, there's loads and loads to talk, talk about. I'm certainly, I've got a lot to get off my chest. Uh, mm-hmm. Judging from what you had to say after the game on YouTube yesterday, John, I think you're the same. Yes, could be a little bit of a ranty one, I said on Twitter earlier, um, could be a bit of a measured one, could be a depressing one, but I actually think it's going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm ready to get stuck into this because I'll tell you what, Hamish, um, I've, I've given up on Neil Lennon. Um, I don't think he can continue. I don't think he will go, but I've been hedging my bets on Lennon for a while now, as, as listeners of the podcast will know. I've not really been directly calling for him to go. Um, but I've seen enough now, and I'm on the dark side now, I'm afraid. Yes, uh, we're at a bit of a loss as to what to do about Celtic and what to do about this podcast, because as I say, we have done this podcast numerous times before. We've done <laughs> YouTube videos as well. Uh, we kind of go around in circles. I think that's just the very nature of how Celtic feel at the moment, because it's so frustrating, because you have certain things you want to say, but then in reality, little action is, is going to come from the club. Um, and in many ways it's pointless what you're saying but we're going to do it anyway we've enlisted mm-hmm. the help of our faithful listeners we've had loads and loads of questions come in on the Twitter I think we're just going to try and use this podcast as a kind of question and answers type thing um, and see where yeah. the debate takes us the questions are absolutely brilliant uh, we've got good listeners out of there um, there's so many different areas that I think are really important to touch on um, we'll start before we do that John by just okay. having a brief chat about what your feelings are right now uh, towards Neil Lennon. After the game yesterday, you were very much saying that his time was up. Obviously, you've already said in this podcast you still believe that. Have you changed at all? Um, or has anything about the way you're feeling about Celtic changed since five o'clock on Saturday? No, and I, to be honest, I was actually expecting it to. I was expecting myself to be a little bit mellower today. Um, I wouldn't have thought that I was going to completely roll back my comments. Um, but I at least thought, you know, I might wake up today and feel a little bit better about the situation. I'm not. If anything, I'm I'm more angry. You know, this isn't a knee-jerk thing. This isn't because of yesterday. It was only a draw at Easter Road after all. It's about the pattern that we've seen all season. We all know this, and, and it's just so difficult now because you're looking at the key people at the club who could make a decision, and they'd be Dermot Desmond and they'd be Peter Lawwell. You think about Desmond, 
got a quote here from Diamond Desmond, Tamish. I'm going to read this out to you. He said this in, in September. It should be stated that no Celtic player or manager ever earned as much as Brendan Rodgers. He was a quality individual who did a quality job. So we had prepared ourselves. We knew it was only a matter of time before clubs would make an offer because he's the commodity every club needs, a first-class manager. Now, I'd like to ask Dermot Desmond, does he still feel that we've got a first-class manager in charge at Celtic? And if he does, then he knows nothing about football and should not be involved in the decision-making process at Celtic. There's been a clear and obvious regression from the Brendan Rodgers days to now, and that's as obvious. And, you know, his own comments say every club needs a first-class manager. And Celtic don't have one at the moment. And and you can talk about, you know, your loyalties to Lennon or his achievements of the past. The fact remains that the only thing that matters is, is he doing the business right now on the pitch or off the pitch? And I say no to that. And I would urge the club to take action this week to save us from this mess and try and salvage something out of the season. I've said multiple times as well, giving up on Neil Lennon doesn't mean giving in to Rangers. I still think this league can be won. And I think that, you know, as long as we take action and, and put in place someone who can bring a bit of structure and organisation to this, this Celtic team, then we could be all right. Um, because I'll say it again, and we've taken pillars from Rangers fans over this on our YouTube channel. We have the best squad in Scotland. We've got the best players in Scotland, but we don't have the best manager in Scotland. And that's the difference at the moment. Spot on. Uh, I'll tell you where I'm at, John. I'm at breaking point after that game yesterday. I've already joked about the fact we've done this numerous times before. It can't be good for you to keep going through the, the mill after every single or, or every second Celtic game and having to do this. I know that we are you know, different maybe from the average fan and that we've got uh, you know, several media outlets that, that we broadcast on. Um, but mm. even normal fans must be feeling the exact same way after games because we are fans. So I'm at breaking point. Um, I think it's very easy to look at the situation and say and feel despondent and think Celtic aren't going to do anything about this. What's the point in many ways? Mm. As people who care about Celtic and who have a podcast with you know a half decent sized following, I think we have a duty to say what's going on at the club and hold the club to account. And for me, Celtic can't get away with allowing Neil Lennon to continue this farce because. Every single person, sorry, not every single person, but the vast majority of Celtic fans know where this is headed and they have known where this is headed a long time ago. And right now, you know, let's not skirt around the issue. Right now, we are heading for one of the most, if not the most disastrous season in recent history. I stopped there saying the club's entire history, but in recent <laughs> history, we are heading um, in our 10 in a row season for losing the league by... 15, 20 points. That is where we're heading. That's the road we're on under Neil Lennon right now. Um, I've given up the hope that Neil Lennon can turn this around. I think we've seen, uh, you know, Nadir's in the past under Neil Lennon that he's managed to turn around. This one... Nadir Shifty. Yeah, indeed. This one isn't. I'd take him up top right now. I, you know what? I'd take Nadir Shifty in charge right now. That's how bad it's got. <laughs> but 10 in a row is too big for this to be allowed to carry on. Celtic can't get away with just not dealing with the issue, just hoping that Neil Lennon turns it around and then it gets to start of January, we lose at Ibrox, 
they sack him and then by then it's too late. Change has to happen now and that's the message I'm going to be saying on this pod constantly. It has to happen now because if not, we've chucked away 10 in a row and so many fans will never forgive the club for that. You know what the worry is though? You know what the worry is? I actually wrote an article about this earlier saying, you know, perhaps not what matters is, you know, what we feel about what should happen but what is actually going to happen this week? Um, there's a lot of speculation about Desmond and Lawwell and Lennon and, and what their relationship's like as a trio and what will happen going forward. But Celtic are in are not in the business of making any hasty decisions with a manager. If you cast your mind back to the Tony Mowbray season, which many regard as one of the worst or the worst season of the last 20 years, you'll remember that he got a January transfer window and he got time after the Jan- January transfer window to get things right at Celtic. So if they're treating Tony Mowbray like that, what you know, what makes us think that they're going to treat Neil Lennon any differently? We already know that they're not really buying in or not letting the fact that Tenor Rose come in or not come in um, as a distraction to the season. It's business as usual at Celtic. This, this, They're going to sit on their hands here and it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be painful. But anyone expecting blockbusters tomorrow or you know exclusive reports about um, something happening behind the scenes at Celtic, I think they're setting themselves up for massive disappointment. This could be the most updated podcast of all time, but I know what's going to happen this week. We're going to, you know, Lennon's going to take training at Lennox Town. The players are going to regroup and then they're going to focus on Sparta Prague on Thursday. Nothing's going to change. We might get a few sound bites from the club about bouncing back and about, you know, it's not about the results, it's about how you respond to it and all this and absolute PR nonsense. Um, we might get a fiery response from Neil Lennon in his press conference. He might be a little bit more conciliatory um, with his tone than he was last time. But when you look at a guy like Gary Holt at Livingston, who gave an extraordinary post-match interview yesterday, accepting his feelings and said, basically he needs to go away and have a think whether he's the best man for the job. That's what Neil Lennon should be doing now. And he might be. And he might be doing that in private. But for me, if Lennon's really the Celtic man that everyone says he is, and I do believe that he is, I think he's an icon of the club and a legend of the club, I think he should be walking away because I think he knows that the the board aren't going to take any action. But he, he surely sees this is all going wrong and there's just absolutely no danger of us turning this around at all. It's just not going to happen. Is Neil Lennon a Celtic man or is Neil Lennon a Neil Lennon man? Well, people will say stuff, but... No, I'm, I'm a bit kinder than the rest. I've got a reputation for being the grand old snipecast, but I'm actually a nice soul, Hamish. And I would, you know, say Neil Lennon is a Celtic man. I'm a big fan of him. I've said it so many times. It's just so difficult. It's so difficult at the moment. Um, let's get into these questions, unless you've got more to say. Or we can talk a bit about the game. Because the, the player, you know what, play, Hamish, the players, the players deserve to be slated too. It's not just Neil Lennon. So the players deserve it. The players massively deserve to be slated, but I'll go back to what I said in the YouTube video yesterday. Uh, it was the same team that Brendan Rodgers took to the Champions League group stage that two months prior to that were surrendering to range, uh, Championship Rangers at Hamden. Players don't get off scot-free, but we all know how this works. A manager is the one who carries the can. And for me, a new manager comes in, the best squad in Scotland becomes the best team in Scotland again if it's a half-decent manager. Um 
Final thing I'll say on, on Neil Lennon, well, not the final thing because we're going to spend the whole podcast chatting about Neil Lennon, but he, he possibly is a, a bigger Celtic man than Neil Lennon man. I was just throwing the question out there. But there's a difference between being a Celtic man and also thinking he's the right man for Celtic. And he'll mm. still believe, I have no doubt, he'll still believe he can turn this around. For me, that's why... That's what good bosses do as they take the decision out of the person's hand. If they're struggling at work, a good boss takes it out the, the roll out of the hand and says we need to get someone better in because the club is more important than Neil Lennon. Um, and that's how I finish that. Uh, Raymond Flanagan, Patrick Olsen, both getting in touch. They both want rants. John, I think they've probably come to the right podcast, judging on the the first, what, 10 minutes or so. Uh, I think that could be a good pod for you guys, so keep listening. Right, First question in, Gregory Clark, if Dermot's choice is Lennon gone and Martin O'Neill or, or Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane in on a six-month contract, would our chances of 10 increase or fall off a cliff? We've also got Paul uh, saying, I'm convinced if Martin and Roy came in, this will improve. They got some unbelievable results with Ireland and made us very hard to beat. We need to get them in as soon as possible before this gets any worse. Uh, I'll let you come in in a second, John. Before that, I'll say that for me, Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane, 100%, not the answer for me. Uh, I think we need someone to come in who's young and hungry and can take us to the next level and motivate the players again. Um, there's a debate that no one seems to be touching on with talk about O'Neill. People talk about Neil Lennon's legacy. What about Martin O'Neill's legacy? If he was to, to come in um, after all he achieved in his first spell as boss and then lose 10 in a row. Now, I know you could argue that the horse had already bolted at that stage, but that's an issue for me. Uh, I don't think Roy Keane would come in anyway. I don't see him leaving that cushy job down south with Sky to become an assistant boss in the Scottish League. I, I just don't see it happening. So it's a pointless debate, but you can go into it if you want. Yeah, for, for me, it's also not the answer. And it's not because I don't think that they could be effective in the short term, perhaps. Um, I do. I kind of see that argument. But at the same time, that would be a, an extraordinarily short-sighted thing to um, do. And I don't think it would necessarily boost the chances of 10 in a row to a significant enough extent for us to you know, not putting someone in place who's going to have a long-term vision and bring high standards back to the club. You know, Martin O'Neill was not a training manager. Yeah, but it was well-established. Um, he had a coaching team underneath him that almost took all the training. We've spoken to Jackie Martin and He says sometimes he would see Martin O'Neill, you know, he would go home after the match and he wouldn't see him till the Wednesday. Um, that's just the way Martin O'Neill did it. It was effective for him. Obviously it was. But he was a unique manager unique man-manager, unique inspirational force for Celtic at that time. Football has moved on, um, and I don't see... This This is a young Celtic team. Everyone forgets that. This is a very young Celtic team. A lot of these players are under 26. I don't see Matt O'Neill coming in from another era, Roy Keane coming in from another era of football. You know, if they don't like getting the frighteners put up them by Lennon, yeah. well, how are they going to react to Roy Keane? You know? that's, a, that's a key issue. This team, for me, looking at it, doesn't need someone to come in and go, rah, this is what we need from you. What this team needs is someone to come in with fresh ideas that can motivate them in a different way because Neil Lennon has probably tried the hairdryer treatment a few times. This isn't the kind of team that, that responds to that. Martin O'Neill's last job, other than a six-month spell he had at Nottingham Forest, his last club job finished at Sunderland in 2013. Now, that's a long time ago. Yeah, and... 
you know, what what the Celtic team, they need a David Brent Bullshitter to come in and put their arm around their shoulders. That's what they need. They need someone coming in talking about these big ideas and they need someone in that can come in and inspire them on a personal basis on their personal development and their training um, and their tactical awareness. I, I feel like that's what we need. We need someone young, bright, a bright thinker, um, and hopefully Peter Lowell's Peter Lowell's drawer is bursting full of all the candidates that he rejected without looking at their applications last time. Um, otherwise, we're in pretty dire straits here. So Martin O'Neill, just to confirm, John, it's a no from you. No, I love Martin O'Neill. I love Roy Keane, but it's a no. Yeah, I agree with you. Right, Michael G. We don't seem to know our best system in the most important season in years. We are seeing legacies being tarnished the longer this season goes on. Lennon and Brown have become the issue as opposed to the solution. How can Celtic protect their legacies? Act now before it's too late. What do you think? I think that's I think that's right. And I think, again, it kind of reverts to the point you made. A good boss or a, or a, or a chief executive or a larger shareholder revision would recognise this and say it's time to step in. As I've said, it's, I don't think it's any disgrace to Neil Lennon to say, you know, this isn't working. It's just not working. There could be a, a multitude of reasons why. It might not even be Lennon's fault, ultimately. But it doesn't change the fact that I think we need to reset and that he has to go. Um, and I would say that, yeah, to protect legacies, to protect this club, this needs to happen now. Um, you know, these people are paid a lot of money or to be custodians of this club and, uh, you know, a high-profile famous football club that has the financial resources to hire a top manager um, on a par with most big clubs around Europe, apart from the super elite, needs to be thinking seriously about making a change here. It's as simple as that. They've got a duty to do that, I think. They've got a duty to bring in this first-class manager that they talk about because we don't have it at the moment. I think if Neil Lennon goes and we win the league... He's probably looked back on favourably. I think that if he stays and we lose the league, sadly, rightly or wrongly, uh, I think his legacy is is tarnished. He's still the guy who got one X amount of trophies for us, took us to the Champions League group stage, beat Barcelona. You know, gave us amazing nights, days against one nine in a row, one nine in a row, of course. Um, But his his legacy's tarnished hugely for me. I think it would be unfair um, in many quarters, but I think a lot of Celtic fans would would really despise Neil Lennon. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe time would be a healer with that. Um, I think less so with Scott Brown. Uh, I think, my opinion, people would be a little more forgiven as his legs have gone um, and arguably he shouldn't be playing. Now, I know Scott Brown may be saying that he still wants to play every game and again, it comes down to a good boss and the boss this time being Neil Lennon being able to take that decision out of Scott Brown's hands and say, no, you're you're 35 years old. Let me ask you a question here. How many good teams around Europe have a 35-year-old leading them? Yeah, no, you're spot on. Um... And and I, we, we've I been saying this for ages. We've been saying Scott Brown should be eased out. We, we've been saying it for how long? Basically, hmm. you know, since certainly the start of last season, probably Rogers' final season, and it's just not happened. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's not happened. And 
you know, Scott Brown isn't the only problem in the team, but at the same time, the, the, the midfield is just completely all over the place at the moment. Don't seem to have any cohesion about them at all. You know, when you you think, you know, Michael Stewart was talking on sports scene earlier tonight, when you think back to the Rodgers era, you know, that midfield were zipping about passes, they were creating shapes and they were running off each other, finding each other, just dominating possession, but dominated, dominating it in a exciting, thrilling way at points, um, especially at the peak of the Rodgers' power. And no matter what we think of him at the moment, you know, because of the way he left the club, it can't be denied that he raised standards and, and made us a much better football team. And we need that standard of manager back in the club. There's been a serious regression. Everyone can see it. Some people saw it when he got appointed after the Scottish Cup final. Some people saw it when we got beat off Fernand Schwarros. Some people saw it when we got beat by Kluge last year. Some people are only seeing it now. But as we go along, more and more people are seeing it, that this can't continue in its current form. Um, and it's only going in one direction, as you say. It's a trend. It's not a about yesterday. It's not, oh, you, you can't take it. You can't take a draw against Hibs at Easter Road and you've got to sack the manager. It's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with that. Nobody's enjoying this. I think there was a thread in the huddle board and I think it was like 98% of people thought it was time up for, for Neil Lennon. And I know that's a, you know, a, a fans forum and it maybe isn't, you know, as representative of the wider Celtic support that maybe aren't quite as volatile on the internet, etc. But that's a lot of fans. And you're right, I'll, I'll use the kind of analogy of, you know, a bus that's going through all these different stops. And every single different stop, you know, you've got the Cluj tobacco, you've got the Rangers tobacco, a number of them, you get Ferenc Varos. And every single time it goes past one of these, more people get on the Lennon out bus. And we're at the stage where, you know, people are standing in the aisles now because it's absolutely full. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's... I'm waving at the dialer bus going by. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we know where the, the bus is going as well, and it's not going to a happy place. It's going to, you know, the 55th stop. That's where it's headed, sadly. And I'm joking about it, but, but that's where we're going. Um, for me, it comes down to that again, that we have to make the change now before it's too late. It's still not too late, in my opinion, um, but we have to make the change or it soon will be. And we're talking fine margins now because... With so many games in front of us over the next wee period, it's easy to think that the next Derby's a while away. Only six weeks' time, we go to Ibrooks and they're going to beat us at Ibrooks. the way things are going the now, the way they play today and the way we are playing. And um, that, I mean, if we lost that at Ibrooks, that would be curtains, wouldn't it? We, we have to take something from, from Ibrooks um, with the way they've played. And at the moment, I have absolutely no faith. So uh, do you want to do managerial potential replacements now or later? We'll do that a bit later. Right. We've got a question in from GigPod, a really good mm. Celtic podcast, GigPod. It's just recently restarted with uh, Stevie Dinn and John Reed. You should give that a listen. I was even on an episode. Have you been asked oh, on yet? No, I've not been asked on yet. Um, Stevie, if you're listening, get me on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's a good podcast. You should check it out right after you listen to this. Anyway, they are asking, do you guys feel the league is still salvageable or is it done... Uh, I think we both agree that we've still got a great chance or a decent chance to win the league at the moment. Um, but the big question is about the manager. Yeah, I'm not I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in to Rangers at this stage. Um, as everyone points out, or has been pointing out, there's so much football left to play this season and we've got to play them three times. 
um, and we do have a fairly favourable run of matches coming up, um, which might make a difference to the team. It's not over, not by a long shot. I thought the way they beat Aberdeen Ibrox today was a little bit disheartening. But Aberdeen are Aberdeen. Sometimes they turn up, sometimes they don't. I don't think it's too late. That, that, and that's why I want to make a change. If I thought it was too late, I might say, you know, what's the point in sacking him? You know, let's just back him for the season, see what he can do, um, and then kind of use this time to do a proper search for a replacement and maybe pick up a higher candidate or a better candidate next summer. If I truly thought the league was over, that's what I would want us to do. But I don't actually think it is over. Um, and I think that's why we need to make the change. You know, a lot of people saying it's not over, anything can happen as an argument or a defence of Lennon. I'm quite the opposite. I think that's an argument for letting him go. It's 100% salvageable for me. Uh, but the biggest worry for me is that at the moment we lose at least two of the final three derbies of the season, if not all three with Neil Lennon in charge. That's the way it goes at the moment. That's why, for me, that even if we manage to go on some sort of a winning run over the next few games, and you're right, the fixtures are favourable. We've got a lot of games coming up at home. I think one of the away games is Hamilton Ackies. You know, prior to this next derby match, there's a fair chance, even this struggling Celtic team, that we go on a winning run, just because the opposition aren't great. My argument is that even if we go on that winning run, we're still going to come to Ibrooks and we've still got a manager who's been outclassed and outthought and outfought by his opposite number at Rangers in, you know, X amount of the, the last derbies. Uh, and he still isn't the man to get a result at Ibrooks, even if we go into that game on a, a five-game winning run. Uh, my fear that I've got right now, if you ask me what my biggest fear with Celtic is, is that we go to Ibrooks, we lose that one, we go, you know, 15, 17 points behind them, something like that. Yes, we'd have a couple of games in hand, but it's still a huge gap. And then they sack Neil Lennon. Uh, and I, I, I honestly think that's what's going to happen. If you're asking me right now, what's my prediction for the next few months? I think he'll be sacked after we lose heavily at Ibrooks in January. And by then, you know, with 15 or 17 points behind, we'll all just be standing here just going, well, there's 10 in a row, goodbye. Yeah, no, you're right. That's why they've got to make the change now. They've got to make the change now. Yeah, if I'm unresponsive to what you're saying, it's probably because you've depressed me a little bit. So let's keep cracking, keep the energy up. Yeah, we need to, we need to disagree about something, John, because we're agreeing mm. too much. Uh, CM Burns, what would it take to get you back on side? Back on side? A new manager. <laughs> no, I mean, once you, once you crack open the bottle, you can't really put it all back in. Um to get back on side would need an extraordinary run in the league and to beat Rangers heavily at Ibrox. I'll be the first person to come on this podcast, to go on Twitter, to go on YouTube, to go on the website and say I was wrong because I'll be delighted if that happens. If Neil Lennon proves me wrong, I'll be the happiest man alive. I would happily take pillars from everyone who's saying we're bedwetters and all this sorts of nonsense. That's the nature of it because I'd be celebrating a Celtic win. Um, that's what it would take, yeah, to win every match domestically between now and Ibrox and then to beat um, Rangers heavily at Ibrox. Do you think there's any part of the Celtic board that are looking at Lennon and they're looking at what happened across the city at Gerrard in March when, let's be honest, like he was very close to, to 
leaving Rangers or being sacked as Rangers boss. They just lost to Hamilton. They just lost the Scottish Cup final, uh, Scottish Cup quarter final to Hearts. Uh, they were heading for another trophyless season, and then COVID came, and as it has done so often, it saves Rangers. Do you think any part of them? And obviously, you look at now how Rangers are doing, and they've completely turned it around. Do you think any part of the Celtic board's looking at that and going, maybe if we just give him a couple of months, he does sort this out? No, because I think you know the the board have already backed Neil and the hill in the transfer window. If you look at Gerard, you know it, it all went pear shaped. But what they also did during the summer was invest heavily in their team. Their wage bill was like seven million pounds more than it was last season. And it's a lot closer to Celtic. Our wage bills are just in. Um, and they've used whatever financial flexibility or whatever dark arts they're using to, to get to this point and um, to back Stephen Gerrard and try and dig him out of whatever hole they were in. It's not just been down to Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard is the luckiest man in Glasgow as far as I'm concerned. He comes to Rangers. It's his first job um, based on reputation as a player alone and his leadership. Just looks completely lost up against Brendan Rodgers in honesty. Um, and then is bailed out by a very short-sighted, myopic appointment of Neil Lennon. And since then, it's kind of been a, a gradual trend of them getting better and us getting worse. Um, and I, and the, the coronavirus stuff has definitely bailed them out of losing that job. And this season, they seem to have recruited well and, and got back on top of things. Um he should be a goner. I don't think Celtic take any cues from Ibrox, to be honest with you. I don't think they'll be thinking about that. Um, they'll, they, what they want to do is keep Neil Lennon, keep everything, pretend everything's okay, um, wish Scott being happy birthday on Twitter, um, sell the still merchandise from the Christmas adverts, um, keep everyone as subdued as possible, gaslight us for the next six months. And then in April or May, say, Neil Lennon's decided to leave the club, blah, 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 mutual consent, bring in a new manager and sell us season tickets all over again. That's all we care about. Oh, and we've got a question on that later on we'll touch on, but it's so frustrating because I think a lot of Celtic fans would buy it. But but anyway, I'm not going to criticise Celtic fans because I, I just think that, that's awful. But I think that could be where we're heading as well. In terms of that question from, from CM Burns, uh, what would it take to get you back on side? For me, it's a new manager. Now, I know I joked about that a second ago, but that is what would get me back on side. Sack Neil Lennon and bring in any you know sort of manager with a decent track record. The reason I say that is even a, a few wins for Neil Lennon, and even if we won at Ibrooks, I would definitely be slightly back on side, but I've still got long-term concerns. Um, I mean, hypothetically, if we win the league, which would be amazing... Do you back Neil Lennon in next season's Champions League qualifiers? Do you back him in Europe next season after how he's done the last couple of years? Those are they're very much you know lesser questions at the moment as opposed to winning ten in a row. But there's still questions at the club that can Neil Lennon handle himself in Europe next season? He's shown nothing this season to suggest he can. Are these the Champions League qualifiers in which we are one of the top seeds and have one of the biggest budgets in the whole process and still seem to cock it up every season because we do not follow the plan? Neil Lennon is a shambles tactically and Peter Lawler doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely ranting tonight, aren't we? <laughs> right. 
Pan-optical phobic. What does Kennedy have to offer, if anything? Is he largely largely responsible for our defensive weakness, or is that Neil's bad too? I always kind of find it tricky to comment on this, as I obviously don't see what happens uh, behind closed doors. Um, One thing I will point out, why didn't Brendan Rodgers take Kennedy? Now, I know there was chat that he he wanted to when he left, um, I'm not sure if I, I massively believe that. I know there's also chat behind the scenes that Kennedy's been, you know, moulded into this new Celtic manager uh, in the future. I kind of feel like those plans have been put on ice. Uh, we don't have really they know. though, right? So perhaps a more pertinent question is not why he didn't follow Brendan Rodgers to Leicester, but why he didn't go to Hibs and be their manager. Someone convinced him to stay at Celtic. Why did he do that? And I think it's because he's pretty much been guaranteed the job at some point. It's so, it's so hard to know whether he. It's so hard to know whether he's you know the good or the bad. He's certainly not coming across very well this season. But you would argue that over the last few seasons, he's been part of some very successful Celtic times. But has the success been because of him, or you know in part because of him, or has it been in spite of him? It's a good question. I wish I knew. I'm just not. I'm not connected enough to people inside the club to know for sure. Um, I do know that you know he's not a defensive coach, so that stuff about you know he should be sort of the defence that we see when we lose goals is nonsense. I know he was a defender as a player, but you know his coaching role will be far more um, wide ranging than that. Um, it is difficult, so difficult to know. Um, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I wish I knew why they brought in Gavin Strachan. I wish I knew what he offers. I wish I knew why he brings his laptop to the dugout. I wish I knew a lot of things, Hamish. I wish I knew who he was speaking to in that bloody mouthpiece every game. Gordon. Gordon who? Strachan. Oh, Gordon Strachan. I was thinking Craig Gordon. (laughs) What? He's moved to hearts. Do you think there's part of a problem there? I know we're joking, but is there part of a problem there that we don't know what these guys do? I mean... Scotland did a really good thing. I don't know if you saw it last week with their management team, um, with Steve Clark and with uh, uh, John Carver. And Stevie Woods was part of it, actually, and the fellow Reid as well. And I know it's easy because the Scotland team, you know, at that point were on the brink of qualifying and there was a feel-good factor. But they had a roundtable discussion, finding out what every single person did. Would things like that have helped us with Celtic or would we Absolutely. still be in this hole? I've been, I've, I'm sure I've been on a massive rant on this podcast previously about the need for transparency at Celtic, the need for transparency about what Nick Hammond does. I've read more about what a Rangers sporting director does than I have what Nick Hammond does. A mystery man who seems to just wheel and deal his way through transfer windows. Fair enough. What is he doing? What is, you know, what is Neil Lennon doing on a day-to-day basis? I don't need to see their itineraries. He's sitting in that office. We've seen that, staring at blankly at that computer. (laughs) You know, that this is why people fill the vacuum of rumours and nonsense. Hundred percent what I was gonna say. Hundred, you kill you kill the rumour. See if you if you show, you know, a discussion between Nick Hammond and Neil Lennon, or even put Nick Hammond up for a press conference one day on a one off, you kill so much of, of, of the rumours and WhatsApp stuff that goes around. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying I'm you know, an amazing um PR expert, but we both are media professionals and we know that the best way to counter our rumours is to fill the vacuum of what you want them to hear not, and be in touch with what the Celtic support want to hear, otherwise they'll just turn off. If you just feed them the propaganda 
Um, if you just feed them stuff they've heard already and already before and it comes across as insincere, then they're not going to trust what you're saying. And all, all the bad stuff is going to continue being said. Um, the, the club are not transparent at all and not transparent enough with their media. And I don't blame the media team. I think it comes from the top down. I think it comes from the very highest levels. Um, and I think that Celtic need a complete rethink with the PR strategy. Um, it's just so outdated. It always has been. Um, there's people in the club that have been there for too long. We need new ideas, fresh ideas. We need young thinking. Um, you know, I've known some talented people who have been at the club, who have left the club subsequently because they've not been listened to. Um, you know, th- this is a problem. Um, but on the list of problems at Celtic at the moment, it's probably quite far down the list. But you're right. Love to see that kind of stuff. The SFA media stuff is outstanding. Um, so, yeah. We've got a new website, though. That's a positive. Yeah, the new website actually is pretty good. Yeah, that's all that matters. Right, Christopher Gillespie, this is the real question. What will happen with the club if we don't get the 10 transfers, season tickets, etc.? I think you penned an article on this earlier on Mm 67heelheel.com. Yeah. um, Expect to see a bit of tarballing on the upper tier. This is the risk, and, and this is why... Is this what sparks Peter Lawwell into action? Just the raw capitalist reality... You know, he is a businessman, he's the money man of what this does to Celtic's business. Neil Lennon and his team have already cost the club, club tens of millions of pounds with failures against Collusion, Ferenc Varos, two teams who are a far lower stature than us, two teams that beat us on the counter-attack in both matches, you know, two teams that have a much, you know, less valuable wage budget, transfer budget, everything. That's They've already cost the club tens of millions of pounds. Keeping Neil Lennon in the job at the moment is going to cost countless season tickets next year. And it's not about being a glory hunter. You know, if you think there's a thirty to 40,000 baseline of Celtic supporters who will buy season tickets no matter what, and that's very commendable and it's fantastic. They're part of the culture of the club. They live and die and breathe Celtic. But we know for Celtic to be booming, we need to bring in the 20,000 extra. And to do that is to show vision, showing inspiration to the, the supporters. Um, look like we've got a cohesive structured plan for people to feel happy to spend their money on this, you know, pursuit in life. You know, this shouldn't be taken for granted. We can't take 60,000 people for granted every year. That's absurd. You've got to show something to these people. Um, and that's what we're not doing by keeping Neil Lennon in this job for me. And they've got to deal with it if, if this happens. You can see it coming a mile away. People will not turn up. That's a guarantee. I think there's a fair chance you go back to the, the Ronnie Dyler type numbers if we don't win the league this season. However, on a separate point, and you've already touched on it in this podcast, I think the fact that Rangers are now in the league will keep many people occupied because a lot of Celtic fans, as we found out, a lot of them, you know, a big factor in them buying a season ticket will be the fact that Rangers are there in those Rangers matches. Um, agree with that, disagree with that. I think if we brought in, if we lost the league this season and lost 10 in a row, there would be, you know, real turmoil at the club. But equally, I think if the club then brought in another Brendan Rodgers, a, a big name manager, 
I think there's a fair chance you see 60,000 again because and people t- don't have the bug again. And Todd Rogers, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah is, that his, is that his son? Yeah, yeah. Remember he played for us? Yes. In a pre-season yeah, friendly. Yeah. God. But um, I think there's a fair... That's how fickle football fans are. And it's no criticism of football fans, but I, that's the frustration for me is that I think if we even if we lost, lost the league this season, as painful as that would be, I think if they go out in the summer and bring in a Brendan Rodgers, a huge name, and, you know, market it in the right way, I think there's a, there's a fair chance they're 60,000 again. I think there'd be big questions still over, I almost think Peter Lowell's, uh, you know, role at the club would be possibly untenable at that stage, given, or depending on how the rest of the season goes. But, I think that's a difficult thing for me. I don't think it's any guarantee. I, th- I think people like to paint the picture that, you know, if we lost the league this season, that next season automatically would be way back down to 35, 40,000 like it was under Dyla. Um, I think that would be the case if Neil Lennon was in charge, but Neil Lennon wouldn't be in charge if we don't win the league this season. Neil Lennon's gone if we don't win the league. We know that. Well, I'd like to think so. But Maybe Barcelona, Hamish. <laughs> yeah, but a decade ago, yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, I think if even... As I've said for about three times now, I'll start repeating myself. I think if even if we lost the league this year and got in a, a marquee manager next year, I think there's still a fair chance we're selling out again. Um, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you take a stand? In fact, that's the very next question from Andrew Angus. Uh, first of his two questions, how can the fans get the board's attention before it really is too late to save the season? Bit of a tough one, this. Uh, I was kind of thinking about the team greeting the team bus before and after games then I thought is that going to do even more damage than good when we're still needing to win games to have any chance of winning 10 in a row Uh, here's a question for you John in a hypothetical world where there is no Covid and fans are at games is Neil Lennon already gone? No because the board don't care what the fans think about anything we've got a disagreement then good I think he's gone that's been my experience of Celtic for as long as I've known them they just don't give a. They don't. They just don't care what the fans think. After Sparta Prague four four one down, imagine the reaction that night. Surely he goes after that with sixty thousand fans being for blood. Tony Mowbray lasted until late March. Was there not an argument that Sparta Prague night was Tony Mo- was the Tony Mowbray St Mirren game? No, Mowbray had lost. Everyone knew. Been, everyone knew that you know. A dead man walking for a while, taking on the chin and all this nonsense. I get what you're saying. I do think the board have got away with it by not having fans in, in the stadium. Obviously, they probably prefer us there so we could buy hot dogs and that. But, um, you know, there would be certainly more activity. I think there would be more sustained media speculation about it because what's happening at the moment is people are just writing everyone off as internet lunatics and you know bedwetting bloggers and oh you're just glory hunting or you know all this sort of nonsense we see it we heard that on BBC Sports End which is the biggest radio show um, or used to be in, in the country um, certainly supposed to be Tom English is on there slagging Celtic fans I think if we were you know seeing what was happening in front of us at Celtic Park I think the Green Brigade would be involved. I think the Boys fan group would be involved. I think there would be people very angry right now that we were throwing 10 in a row away. And I don't think it would be contained or be able to brush away, but be able to be brushed away as Twitter moaning. 
I turned on sports sound after the Celtic game yesterday and uh, the first thing I heard was uh, Packy Bonner saying that that comeback could be huge for Celtic. And I just thought, oh my God, like, do these folk need fans in the ground to, you know, become responsive and aware of what's happening? Like, how out of touch can you be? The whole Tom English thing has angered me so much because Celtic fans have been saying this for months and months and we're now, as I said, getting to the stage where change has to happen. And, you know, these these journalists, they can say what they want, but they're not Celtic fans. It, it makes no difference to them if Celtic win the league. In fact, you could argue a lot of them would prefer Rangers to win the league because it's something new and will help them with jobs and all that kind of thing. We're the Celtic fans. We're the ones who matter here and we know what's going on at our club. But it, it's massively frustrating. Um, in terms of that question from Andrew, what can we do? Have you, have you thought of anything we can do to, to make the the um, the board and uh, aware of, of what's going on? I think all we can do is try and voice our concerns in a as reasonable and non-hysterical way as possible. That might be, we might have failed at that job tonight, but, you know, we haven't resorted to personally attacking Neil Lennon. You know, all, all that nonsense is, um, for me, too far and isn't the way that you, you voice your concerns because what it does is delegitimise your argument. Your argument, I mean, your argument needs to be cohesive and strong. Yeah, You need to pick what what's your problem with a Celtic team What's your problem with Neil Lennon on the pitch? Um, what he says in the media, you know, take take things, tangible things to task. Don't just slag Neil Lennon and call him names because it's just you're 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 giving fuel to the people who want to defend them at all costs, regardless of what they see in front of them. Second part of the question from Andrew, given how out of touch they are with the fans evidenced by Desmond's British League ambition in that athletic interview, how important is it for the future of the club that we force change at the top, irrespective of where the title ends up? Couldn't agree more. And I actually went back and read that athletic interview today. Um, that's where that, that ex, you know, the extract came from earlier, the one that I read out came from. Um, it's just a, it's a breathtaking interview when you read it. Um, he tries to portray himself as someone who's really engaged and in touch with Celtic, and he just comes across as the complete opposite. I was angry with it at the time, and even more so today. I think it's just a complete nonsense. Um, and I think that I don't know if you've seen this film, Hamish, but there's a film from the 1980s called Trading Places, starring Eddie Murphy, and to me. Um, Demond Desmond feels like one of the, the rich guys in that who plays a bit um, and just treat us as a plaything. We're just a thing for him to have a patter with his Rangers mates who he even alludes to in, in the article. Um, unless he's getting a slag in a hand in after being beat, um, he's not going to change anything at Celtic. He doesn't. I don't think he cares that much. Um, certainly not in the way we do. And I would certainly urge change at the top. I think Peter Lawwell has far too much control over every department in the club, whether that's marketing or media or the football department. It's all the same. Um, people say he's a good businessman, but he's literally let tens of millions of pounds disappear from the club over the last two seasons, and he's at risk of causing far more financial damage over the next 12 months. He may be frugal, he may be prudent, but that's not everything that's cracked up to be. Um it is a shambles. 
But hey-ho, Scott Thompson's pointing <laughs> out that we should focus on the positives. That black strip is a belter. I was <laughs> pretty fond was, of that. I, cool. I actually would fancy going out and buying it if I hadn't fallen out with Celtic at the moment. They're getting no more of my money right now because I've spent far too much in kits and stuff this season. Uh, but yeah, we agree with you, Scott. Right, to finish the podcast, let's chat about uh, potential managerial replacements. Uh, mm. We've got some questions in from 67 Shades of Green on Twitter. Uh, would like to hear your thoughts on potential replacements for Lenny, uh, John Terry, Wagner, who else, and uh, John O'Malley, who's not a candidate. John O'Malley is a, a fan on Twitter who's wondering the exact same. Um, I actually gave this a bit of thought for, for some content for 67 Heel Heel, looking into potential managers. Uh, I came up with a few... The one everyone's talking about is Eddie Howe. Um, as time goes on, I, I become more convinced that this is an achievable target for us, uh, with the huge caveat that we need to see Neil Lennon sacked first, of course. But I, when I look at Eddie Howe, I get the same kind of feelings that I got about Brendan Rodgers. Uh, yes, Eddie Howe's only had success at one club, really. He spent his full career, uh, apart from a two-year spell, uh, at Bournemouth. So he took them from the bottom league in England all the way up to the Premier League until they got relegated last season. Uh, so a disappointing end for him there. Uh, for me, when you look at the way we were able to attract Brendan Rodgers to the club, uh, I don't see, I know there's not the same Irish link with, with Eddie Howe that I know of, but I don't see why we couldn't do similar with Eddie Howe. He's a guy who's out of work at the moment. Um, he'd be hopefully keen to get back in. We're a team who can offer him you know, an opportunity to showcase himself in Europe. We're a, a team that could offer him a chance to win trophies, uh, to get his reputation back up after a damaging season last year, and then, you know, move back to England, where which is probably where he wants to go. Um, I see a lot of similarities with the Brendan Rodgers stuff. I don't think it's pie in the sky, as some fans have, have said. I actually think it is realistic. Um, it's all about whether the club share those views, and I don't think they do. I think if Neil Lennon goes... Uh, as damn as damning and as horrible as as it is to think, I think it would be someone like Martin O'Neill or Gordon Strachan or John Kennedy that came in. I don't think it would be a positive choice like Eddie Howe. Yeah, it's difficult for me. I wish I knew more about all these managers. I've not done enough research into them at the moment. Um, I'm obviously aware of Eddie Howe and I'm aware of the style of football he plays and I'm aware of the work he's done at Bournemouth. Um, to me, it looks like a pretty good one. I would, I would have to say. But there'll be countless managers, I think, out there who are better tactically and have a better awareness of how to structure a football team than Neil Lennon does at the moment. Um, that's just my view because I've completely lost it with him. Um, it's an absolute myth that there's no one out there capable of being a manager of Celtic at the moment that would help us be a better team over the next six months. Um, it's just about how to identify that person. Do we have the processes in place to do that? I would probably suggest that we don't. Um, but then that's a failing of, of whoever's above Neil Lennon at the football club at the moment. Um, and all I know is kind of the people who I don't want who have been linked as I said, I'm not really a big fan of the Keenan O'Neill combo. I'm not a huge fan of the Jack Ross thing. I think there are question marks there about that. Um, 
and this would be by far the biggest job he's ever had. And things didn't go great for him at Sunderland. I know there was, um, you know, other reasons for that. It wasn't all down to him, but I would be concerned. I know that he's a nice guy and I know he treats players with respect and I know he's he's a good guy. I've heard good things. I know people who have worked with him in the past. Um, but for me, the Celtic job is a massive one. I'm just I'd be a bit worried. It was perhaps a little bit too big for him in, in the way that it was for Tony Mowbray. I mentioned Jack Ross on today's video on YouTube. You can check that out in 67 Hail Hail if you want a detailed seven managers who I felt could come in and, and change Celtic's fortunes and save our season. Uh, a couple I want to mention from our recent European travels. Now, whether Celtic would go down a European route here, I have my doubts because how many European managers have we really had over the years? Um, there's not been too many. Uh, Stalis Solbakken, who was a manager of Copenhagen, uh, when they put us out of the Europa League. Uh, he's no longer manager of Copenhagen. He left, um, I think, a couple of weeks ago after they started the Danish Superliga season miserably. They also finished 14 points behind Michelin, uh, Eric Sviachenko's team, last season. But they did reach the Europa League quarters after beating us at Celtic Park. Man United put them out eventually. Uh, he's available, as I say. He's won eight league titles with Copenhagen as a manager and he even has experience of British football with Wolves. Uh, although that didn't exactly work out, he's still got experience there. So for me, that's the kind of guy that you know ticks a lot of the, the boxes there for us. Um, and the one I'm really pushing, John, I'm firmly on the Dan Petrescu to Celtic train or bus or whatever vehicle of transport you want to use. Uh, I'm a little bit tongue-in-cheek with this because there's not a chance it happens, but uh, my, my wildcard shout uh, would be the remaining that we all know so well. We faced them four times last season. On top of that... Uh, even appeared in our hotel in Dubai when we were in Dubai last year for some random reason. Um, I've always liked the, the cut of his jib. Yes, he was massively annoying. He was really out there. But you can't deny that that Cluj team massively punch above their weight. On top of that, it's not just a case of punching above their weight. They also win things. They've won three league titles in a row in Romania. He knows how to win things. My only reservation, and it's a big one with him, is that he's managed 14 different clubs, including two spells at Cluj since 2003. And he's never stayed anywhere for longer than three years. Uh, and that was at Unaria Urzicheni, that famous team that um, beat Rangers 4-1 once a long, long time ago. Um he, he's the kind of guy who would come in and give the whole place a boost with the way he goes on and he would get players playing for them. Um, he scouted us four times last season. He knows the team well. Uh, <laughs> would he leave Cluj to come to Celtic? Probably not. Um, he's spoken in the past, I think. I think Was he maybe linked with us in the past and he really wanted the job? Um, he spoke a couple of weeks ago prior to their game at Roma that they lost heavily in the Europa League saying that he was going to leave Cluj, apparently. Um, that was the Italian press that were reporting that. So, you know, it's all joining together, John. Dan Petrescu is going to lead us to the tent. Not convinced at all, Hamish. Um, there's just there's not, my, my bubble burst. Yeah, I'm just not convinced. Then it's just, yeah, it's difficult for me to say exactly why. Um, I get what you're saying. It does line up quite well. But um, I'm just, I'm at a loss here a little bit. Alex Neal. It's a decent, it's a decent enough shout. Um, it's not very inspiring again, though. No, I mean, it's not inspiring. Yeah, we need something inspiring. We need something that makes fans go, "Wow, how did we manage that?" In the same and way, it needs, it needs something that gives them across the city as well and, and makes them go, mm -hmm. "Right, they mean business." 
Yeah, and it's, it's, it's something that needs to totally recalibrate the season. Um, everyone knew it as soon as Brendan Rodgers was announced. Everyone knew it. We need a similar manager. I think Eddie Howe does it. I honestly do. Perhaps. He was the Football League manager of the decade for the decade that just passed. Yeah, I'm more convinced by Eddie Howe than anyone. You heard any other names from fans that have made you go, ooh? Well, just the ones that are unattainable. Yeah. Like Poch and Benitez and Allegri. Right. Well, it's a conversation that I personally think we will be revisiting um, pretty <laughs> soon. Uh, I, I just I see no way that Neil Lennon turns this around, so I think we will be looking at a new manager soon. Uh, hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. Um, in the sense that hopefully the the league season you know isn't well, isn't gone at that stage, and we're not just discussing on it for the sake of it. Uh, I think that's us. Um, before we say our goodbyes, I'm going to give a wee mention for Manscaped.com. Uh, Tell the listeners what shirt I'm wearing right now, John. Oh, yeah, you're wearing the Manscaped shirt. Nice. It arrived uh, the other day, so it's actually quite comfy as well. I believe you get this as part of the the full kit you get with your Mm -hmm. um, various appliances. You get boxers as well. Um, We've spoken about it before, but it's not just that. It's any order on manscaped.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping if you use the code GRANDPOD just as you're checking out. We don't know how much longer this has got to run, so it's a really good opportunity, especially with that big day in December uh, on the horizon to buy some stuff for yourself, for a loved one. As I say, 20% off and free shipping with the code GRANDPOD at manscaped.com. Right, I think that's us, John. Anything else to say? No, not really. We've got a big week ahead. Um, Again, got a big week on the site ahead. We've got a new hire um, on 67hailhale.com, an excellent writer um, who I'm excited to be working with. Um, So... You know, it's not anyone knowing. Don't don't get too excited. It's not Graham Spears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, better than Graham Spears. He's better, Graham Spears better. is too busy doing podcasts now. Yeah, he's too busy doing podcasts. But yeah, we might have new voices on the, on the podcast and on the YouTube channel going forward. So look forward to that. Um, we're busy. We're all busy. Well, we were recording. Graham Spears had just uploaded his latest podcast, and it's <laughs> titled "David Murray and Fergus McCann: A Retrospective," <laughs> and it's starring Michael Grant of the Times and Stephen McGowan of the Daily Mail. Here, I might listen to that. That sounds alright. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, excited about the website. Excited about the podcast, the YouTube channel, but not exactly excited about Celtic Thursday night, Sparta Prague. Not looking forward to it. Jesus. Uh, yeah. We've not even spoken about it. That kind of shows how little we're looking forward to it. But hey-ho, we will soldier on. We'll return next week when hopefully we're looking for a new manager. Hopefully Paul Fisher joins us as well. Yes, It'll be nice Hello, to Paul. see him. Thinking of Paul right now um, when he's missing this podcast. And yeah, thanks very much, John. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the show and we'll see you very soon. Take care and hail hail. <laughs>